Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create la tua vita. Create your life. On your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. Beautiful people, happy Sunday. How are you? This is your host, Kevin Y. Brown. This is the Create Your Life series. So happy to be here with you on this beautiful day. And as you know, whenever we get started uh, with the Create Your Life series, the first thing we got to do is do catch up. And I was asked actually by a listener um, last week, what does the catch up stand for? And, you know, why do we have it? And so the reason that we have catch up is so that you know that I am not just telling you what to do or things that you can do to create your best life, but that I'm also doing it as well. So it's an opportunity for you to uh, stay abreast of what's going on with me so that, you know, as I'm working, you're working and we're basically being inspired by each other. So that's the purpose of catch up so that you can just really have that understanding that, hey, man, this guy is actually working and doing doing the things that he's telling us to do. You know, so for the first part of catch up, I want to uh, make an acknowledgement and send a huge congratulations out to the uh, fall 2016 initiates of the New York alumni chapter of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Uh, there were nine great new uh, initiates and members, uh, young men who are already doing great work. And yesterday we had the opportunity to have a celebration and a a party coming out party for them so i want to um send that congratulations out to the notorious nine and also today's episode was actually inspired by some actions that happened this week over the last seven days and this week i was actually filling out a fellowship application and there was a part of the application that asked me to describe a memorable anecdote from my life uh, that will give them a further sense of what makes me tick. And when I thought about this story, uh, when I thought about this, uh, the story of my mentor in high school, uh, Mrs. Wilson, came to light. And it came to light as a part of a conversation that I was having with another mentor in regards to how to go about filling out this, uh, this fellowship application and things like that. And... If you've listened to past episodes, then you're aware of uh, Miss Wilson's impact on me. And if not, I will describe the relationship and how it came about. So when I was in high school, as a junior year in high school, I attended Jesse Bethel High School in Vallejo, California. I had been kicked out of my, well, I left my class because my teacher, my science teacher was upset, basically was going to give me a C grade. She was upset that I would go to sleep during class and then... <laughs> Uh, pass all of the tests and turn in all of my work. 
So she basically set up my percentages to receive a C. And getting C's is something that I'm not really with. That I'm all, I've always been against it. To the point to where I made up my own academic formula. Always more A's than B's and never any C's. That'll give you a 3.5 every single time. But I left out of class. And while roaming campus, even though it was during standardized testing, Kevin Brown was walking around campus and I was stopped by Miss Wilson and Mr. McKee. Miss Wilson was the director of the academic center, but she was formerly my ninth grade photography teacher a couple years prior. And Mr. McKee was the assistant uh, vice principal. And so Mr. McKee and Miss Wilson, they asked me, Kevin Brown, what are you doing? Why are you not in class? I told them my situation that was going on with the science teacher. And they said, well, if you don't go back into class, then we're going to have to call your parents. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I, I have foster parents. They don't care about me anyway. So do what you want. And so they said, are you not really not going to go back to class? I said, no, I'm not going back. This lady's trying to give me a C and I don't do C's. So I go to the office with them and Miss Wilson is the one who made the phone call to my house. And of course, nobody was there. And so she and I sat in the office for the rest of the day. During that time sitting in the office, she asked me, she said, Kevin Brown, so what are you, you going to do with yourself? And I said to her, do you really want to know? And she says, well, yeah, that's why I'm asking. I said, do you really want to know? And she said, yes. And I said, well, I want to create my own life. I want to move as far away from here as possible. I'm never going to come back to Vallejo. I want to have my own clothing company. I want to have, I want to be a host for MTV, have my own show, advertise my own clothing on my show. And I want to be happy every single day. And I want to live by my own rules. And I want to be my own boss. And she says, wow, that's awesome. And Miss Wilson's next question was, so how are you going to do that? My response, I don't know. She said, you know what, why don't you meet me at my office tomorrow before first period and I will, we can discuss this further. I said, okay. And so the next day I went to her office and talked to her a little bit before first period. And she said, well, what do you think about college? I said, well, I've been on a couple college tours with the Omega Boys and Girls Club and, you know, I like the girls. She said, well, if you want to be a clothing designer and have your own clothing company, you're going to have to really study fashion in depth. and You're going to have to go somewhere where the experts are and people who can really teach you about this, this stuff. And I said, oh, wow. Well, where, where, where should I go? What should I do? And she says, let's explore. Have you been to any colleges that you like? And so I described some of the campuses and places that I thought were cool, Atlanta being one of them. She said, well, you also have to figure out what it is that you want to study. You know, is fashion the only thing that you want to study? This, that, and the third. And so one of the only HBCUs with a uh, fashion design department was Clark Atlanta. And so she begins to teach me how to uh, fill out my college applications, college scholarships, and apply for the FAFSA. And so we're doing this work one-on-one every single day and to the point we became so close that I would go to my math class and say Miss Wilson needs me and I would go to her office and work with her on my stuff because I'm trying to set up for my future because I want to get as far away from where I grew up in foster care as possible and so she teach she's teaching me and teaching me she even taught me how to go into offices and advocate for myself pull up my pants take out my gold teeth take off my do-rag and actually go in there and uh, talk intelligently with the people in charge in order to be able to get my transcripts and get the things that I needed. And so as a result, Ms. Wilson and I, when we finished, I was accepted to over 26 colleges and universities. And it was all because of the leadership and guidance of her. And so when I was filling out this application, I was like, wow, this is a pretty amazing story. 
you know, when I started to think about the pushback, like when Miss Wilson would assign something to me, she would say, okay, have this done by Friday. I get it done by Wednesday. And then go to her and say, what else can I do? What else can I do? And so we just built that relationship where basically I was sharpening. And I was pushing her to push me so that I could become the best person that I could, you know, in order to create this life that I just had imagined in my head. And when I thought about that question, and then I thought about last week we had on Gregory Neesmith, who was our guest, and he talked about navigating and growing in the corporate market. And one of his key points was to find a mentor. And so I put these two together and I said, you know what? We're really, really going to have to do an episode on mentorship. And of course, you know how addicted I am to 10 ways. So today's episode is about those 10 ways to make mentorship work for you. I don't want to just give you these tips because you can go online and Google the tips, but I want to add story to them and share with you how mentorships and mentors have really catapulted me to another level in life. Because without mentors, I literally wouldn't be here, wouldn't even be at this radio station if it wasn't for people who mentored me and showed me a better way and exposed me to so much. So I want to say thank you to all of those who have mentored me. And I think the first thing that we should cover is the fact that mentorship is a two-way street. Sometimes, you know, you might feel like you don't have anything that you can offer to a mentor and things like that. And that's not necessarily true. The mentor sometimes just wants to see you give to others like they give to you. You know, for you to invest in other people. So that's a big part of what mentorship is. So always keep that in mind that you're not just taking, 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 that you're also giving. And sometimes, you know, it might be something as small as calling a check on that mentor just to see how they're doing, how their day is going and things like that. And that uh, suffices in terms of uh, it being a give and get relationship. The first thing that I want to say in choosing uh, your mentor is to really choose character over position or title. You want to find a person who actually is someone that you want to be like, who has like morals and values and things like that, that you value, that you care about. Because the last thing you want to do is be hanging out with somebody because they have, you know, they have this particular title and that person's completely opposite of what it is that you stand for. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to find a mentor who actually looks like you or who has everything in common with you. It's just like you should have a diverse group of friends. You should definitely have a diverse uh, group of mentors. But you want to make sure that person at the end of the day is a good person and has the same uh, particular values as yourself. And I'm just going to pinpoint and just talk about different mentors from the ways that uh, from the different points that we make. But one of the mentors for me who embodied character and carried himself the way that I wanted to was uh, my hall director freshman year in college, Dr. Raphael Moffitt. And I just liked the way that he carried himself and the way that he responded to people and communicated. And so I literally went up to him and said, hey, man, you're going to be my mentor. And this was the first day in college. I walked up to him. No, I, I apologize. It was maybe like the third day, but definitely the first week. But I told him, man, like, I like the way you move. I want to be similar to you. You have some qualities that I want to embody. And, of course, I was uh, persistent, so he had no choice but to... <laughs> Let me be his mentee. But that that's what it takes, though, you know. And it wasn't about his title, who he was, and things like that. Because at that time, he's a, a broke resident uh, hall director. Just like, you know, I'm a broke college student. So it wasn't about title. It was about character that made the difference and, and made me choose him. And I'm actually happy that I did. He's also a huge reason why I'm a member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Number two, another place to find your mentors sometimes is just by looking left and right to your peers, your peers are huge. 
You know, I have a group of advisors who are my peers, like Eric Fondren, who you hear on, on come on uh, from time to time. He comes on the Create Your Life series and blesses us with some information about his company and his experience of being an entrepreneur and a husband and a, and a father now. And I have different friends who I call on and who I really take in their counsel into consideration. And so my friends have literally helped me see things uh, through my peers. So definitely it's not necessarily always looking up. It's sometimes you just have to take a look uh, left and right. Number three in finding your mentor, understand the person's capacity to actually be your mentor. Is it a relationship or is it kind of like a give me a call or shoot me an email when, it, when you have time, you know, when you, when you need something from me? Because sometimes that's what it's going to be. You know, some people don't have time to really meet up with you for coffee and things like that. So it's going to be very imperative that you understand what it is that this person's capable of doing and offering you and you're able to offer them as well. You know, one of the things that I do is I always ask, OK, so you've been helping me. I don't know how I'm going to be able to repay you. How can I help you? What can I do for you? And I literally throw that invitation out multiple times in order to figure out you know, how I could be of service. And the other thing is I do, I also listen to, um, through observation and figure out where it is that I can be of service. Cause again, that relationship is only going to be as strong as, you know, the give and the get is. So it's a two way street. And one thing that one of my mentors told me today, cause I, of course I literally went to my mentor and talked to her about this episode. And I said, you know what? I want to talk about our relationship in depth, but I think that mentorship is so much bigger because oftentimes, you know, I end up with a, either a brother in, in mentorship, someone who's like my brother, a big brother, or someone who is like a, a mother or a father figure. And we talked about the fact that mentorship is actually, it's personal, it's professional, and it encompasses the entire person. Because when you actually start pouring into somebody else and really giving them advice and game about life, it's not just the professional aspect that you're paying attention to. You have to check on their well-being and all of those things. So you have to do that in a two-way motion. <laughs> so another way to find that perfect mentor for you is to look at the people who you already know and who are already aware of your greatness, you know, the, your work ethic, you know, the vision that you have for yourself. Because it's funny, you know, you can go up to a million uh, strangers and say, hey, will you mentor me? But in reality, they don't know you. So why, you know, you might get lucky and they might invest in you, but nobody's going to invest in you like that person. I'm not going to say nobody, but rarely will someone invest in you like the person who knows you and who has seen you grit and grind and make things happen. And, you know, those are the people who are there in the trenches with you because your mentors are going to be the people who see you at your highest, see you at your lowest and still say, you know what? Keep going. That's who you want on your team. I know that I touched on this a little bit, but when I, earlier when I talked about giving, that's, that's point number five is giving, making sure that you're, it's a two way street. Here's some other ways that you can actually give back. And that's tweeting out, your, you know, the people's posts, commenting on positive things, you know, on their blogs, on the stuff that they're doing, you know, offering your unique um, opinion and voice socially, even on social media and things like that. But if it's a mentor that you want and you don't know them, but you see them posting and they're in your same industry and they're, they're working their behinds off, promote their work. Reach out to them. Let them know how great they are and, and comment and, and be a resource for them and watch that come around full circle. That's you just giving 
you know, and investing in them. And then in return, they're going to do the same for you. On number six, this matters. Being flexible. These are two extra ones, too, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because it was supposed to be five on five. But number six, be flexible. And I want you to understand where that mentor is coming from. That's super, super important. I touched on it a little bit briefly, but understanding where they're coming from, what they have going on, what their schedule is with their family and things like that. Like, honestly, I would love for Eric to be here every single Sunday. But Eric has a family and has a newborn daughter. So I understand that. You know what? If I need if I want Eric at the studio, then I need to contact Eric maybe by Wednesday to make sure that he can put everything in motion so that he can be here with me and that we could do a show together. So if your mentor has kids, has other obligations and things like that, then you want to let them know, you know, that basically whenever they have time on their schedule, I suggest sometimes give them three or four times and see how that schedule moves around. But make sure that you're flexible because, again, you know, you're trying to initiate this relationship and make sure that it it, uh, bears fruit. And number seven, be persistent. Go get it. And I actually got my first internship in fashion because I was persistent. I was in college, uh, a guy named Bruce Palmer. I just competed for a fashion design competition in Atlanta. And this guy did a keynote speech. And after his speech, he immediately beelined and left. I said, you know what? Something about this dude, I have to, have to go and find out what, where he works at. And I have to be around him because he knew so much about the history of garments. He had worked in the industry for over 20 years. I, probably even longer than that, but he had been in the industry and he knew had a wealth of knowledge and I wanted it. So in my suit tie and with my briefcase, I literally ran down the hallway out of that room to him and said, Mr. Palmer, Mr. Palmer, Mr. Palmer, how you doing? I'm Kevin Brown. I just wanted to know if I could be an intern for you. i I want you to be my mentor. You're an, you're amazing. You know so much about garment. I'm a fashion design student at Clark Atlanta. I've been designing my own clothes. I showed them some of my designs right there on the spot. And I said, please let me know when it is that I can come in. I'll work for free. It doesn't matter. I just want to be around you. I want to know the things that you know. And he said, here's my card. Give me a call. Of course, I was prepared. I gave him my card with my logo on it. Gave him a call the next day. And it was around the time of Christmas break. I literally made sure that I went into his office before I left back to California for Christmas break to let him know that I was serious. And I I went to his office and I worked there for free that day uh, for about six hours. And he even offered me some of his lunch. And that's how down to earth and cool this guy was. And Bruce literally opened my eyes up to the garment district and helped me understand just the different types of weaves uh, and what manufacturing really looked like on a mass uh, level. And his company was called McNeil Palmer. So that was literally my first internship in college. And that's because I, in a suit and tie, had just that tenacity and ran down the hall to chase this man down to let him know that I'm serious and I want this. And he was a mentor for me uh, for many years. And we actually developed a, me, him, him, and his wife developed a family-type relationship where I would go to their house and, you know, have dinner and sit around and talk with them about life. His wife was an amazing illustrator, is an amazing illustrator. 
and worked at, at uh, I think it's Bard College, Bernard College, down in Atlanta, and she was the art teacher. But she worked in, she was a fashion art teacher as well. And I mean, an amazing illustrator, two of the nicest people I've ever met. But I didn't even know that me just asking for that internship would lead to a father, uh, father-like son relationship. But it was the beauty of that and them wanting to invest in me as a person that made it just that much uh, more awesome of an experience. So I'm telling you, when you want that mentorship, go get it. Now, I want to talk to you about the benefits of mentorship, why you should actually go out and have this mentor. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Lance Wesson, who on Facebook Live left a comment and said, hey, man, mentorship is definitely a necessity uh, for personal growth. And it's also important to pass that on to our youth. And to be honest with you, a big reason why I'm a motivational speaker, author, and that I do so much, even with my young men's groups that I do in high schools out here in New York City, is because of the amount of just love and energy that those other people have poured into me. So when I'm giving back and when I'm actually just sitting and having that conversation with people trying to make sure that they're as sharp as possible or give them, you know, their tools so that they can create their life, it's because other people did it for me. And that's the reason why the Create Your Life series even exists. Is because I felt that if I had this exposure and these are the things that I was able to do in my life, imagine if I could ball that up and then reach out to people who you know, might not think that things are possible and help them to do even more with themselves. They could create their lives too. Wow, concept. So getting back to those benefits of mentorship, number one benefit of, uh, of mentorship, I would say, is gain perspective and exposure. Because to be honest with you, I've been to college campuses. This is just an example. I've been to college campuses, but without Miss Wilson literally sitting with me and telling me how important college was that one-on-one time, I wouldn't have went. And from there, I wouldn't have been able to expand and go study abroad in London and, you know, become a host for MTV and do all of these other things. And I'm not saying that these things aren't possible without college, but I'm telling you that that was the path that I took and that was the exposure that I had. Uh, Number two, feedback. Your mentors are going to give you some good feedback, you know, and it's not always going to be comfortable or going to be easy. But the, if, if you have the right person, of course, if you follow those those seven things that I gave you, you're going to be able to find that right person who is really going to um, be able to push you and stretch you to grow because it's all about growth. Change is constant, but growth is optional. And if you are listening to the Create Your Life series, you know how serious I am about growth. Because I believe that the, same, the person that you are right now, you shouldn't be three months from now. You have to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. You have to continue to create your life. Another thing about that number one point, that, that gained perspective, is you also, when you're being mentored, you also give a new perspective to the person who is mentoring you. Because they might not have had the same walk of life as you. And so you're offering them perspective into a completely different world. So it works like that because it's a two-way street. One of the things that you also have to do with mentorship is that you have to act, take action on the advice that is being given to you. That's huge. Number three, focus. Mentors help you focus because they've been around the block and they're like, look, man, this is what you need to be doing. Everything else, they can help you identify what distractions are and what's not distractions. So that's huge. Definitely got to focus in. One of my mentors is notorious for telling me, you're distracted right now. You need to be doing better. 
you could be way more, you could do so much more if you were focused. Number four, mentors offer connections and opportunities. I can't stress to you how big of a point this is. They know more. They're usually connected in a different field, maybe something that you want to get into. Everybody knows other groups of people. So if you're trying to do something, man, that mentor might know somebody in that field or might be able to point you in the right direction or be able to actually offer you the opportunity themselves. Should they would even be willing to invest in what it is that you're doing. I have some mentors who are invested in Debt Free College Academy, who are in, invested in the Create Your Life series, who want to see me do well. You know, so the opportunities, sometimes they'll be with other people. Sometimes they'll just be an opportunity for you to actually set up and be in business with your mentor. And number five, a support system. Mentors offer you that support system when all the chips may be down, man, and you can actually hit up your mentor and see what their real opinion is about things. And, you know, they're not going to judge you. They want to see you at your best so they understand, you know, they've walked in your shoes, understand that, you know, there's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be some stretching and that that's what life is about. So you really, really want to get those people around you who are invested in you and who love to and want to uh, support you. And I think one of the one of the best ways to do that and, and to really understand the benefits of mentorship or to find that perfect mentor is to ask for story instead of just asking for the for the roadmap of how it is that you, you know, how they became who they are. Ask for the story, the narrative, because you can learn so much through their stories and understand their character and who they are. There's so so many hidden things inside a story and how they reacted and the facial expressions that you may see, you know, when they're reacting to saying different parts of a story or how they got to where they are. That is, is so much gold in that. And I think one of the other things that you have to do is commit to making the mentor relationship work. That's huge, making the relationship work. Like we said, be flexible. You're going to have to give. But also, you're going to have to go out of your way to make this work because it's a two-way street. And ladies and gentlemen, those are, I guess you can call them the, the 12 ways <laughs> to make mentorship work for you because I gave you that extra two. And I really want to expand on one particular relationship uh, with the mentor that I have here in New York City that has actually impacted me for the last eight years and has turned me into a completely different man. In about 2009, I was a janitor, as I told you guys, and this was a job that I hated and hated and hated. But at the same time, I was working on a biography and I was trying to write it, trying to write it, and I had the opportunity to meet this amazing um, woman. And so I met her and then I would just go. She had an office space in her apartment building. And so I would go there and she invited me to come and write and speak to speak with her about my book. And so I would wait until there was a room in the office, of course, because she had other employees and she had time to speak and we would talk about my book. And at this time, my roommate had moved out. I had my own apartment on 141st and Frederick Douglass in Harlem, you know, really, really cool landlords. But I was paying basically $1,300 a month in rent and I was a janitor and I was kind of figure out how am I going to get out of this job? And so I would literally wake up in the morning, uh, be to work at six o'clock, so that means I was up at five, be to work at six o'clock, get off in the afternoon, and then go to her office and work on my book afterwards. And so she, we had just had conversations about life. She asked me about where I was from. You know, we talked about what my experience was like in foster care, and she really became invested in, you know, the book and in me. And I noticed that there was a, an empty space in her apartment. 
And so after, you know, a few weeks, I asked. I got bold. And I said, is it, you know, is it possible for me to move into there? And she said, well, you know what, that that's a room and it just has, uh, you know, it just has a bunch of books and st- stuff in it. It's just all my stuff. Uh, no, she was like iffy about it. I said, oh, don't worry about it. I'll clean it up because I've seen that episode of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where Grand Central looked crazy and then they had cleaned it up and it looked like paradise. So I just knew that I could take nothing and turn it into something. And so she said, okay. And we literally went back there and, this amazing woman for hours was with me and we were sorting through all of these these books and, and things like that. And I cleaned up the, the, the cobwebs that were back there, all of that stuff. You know, and this it's a huge, beautiful space. You know, it's a studio apartment, but it just didn't look like one at the time. But of course, I had that vision and I moved in. And I tell you, this mentorship relationship mother-son relationship is one of the best because where my one bedroom apartment is is actually parallel to her office space Uh, there's distance between them but it's it's on the same floor and so I literally have the opportunity to have a mentor who became a mother figure literally live with I live with my mentor slash mom. And for me, this is a unique experience because I've lived there for eight years now. And the only person who I've seen more consistently on a day-to-day basis in my life is my older sister who grew up in foster care with me up until the age of 10. But the power of this relationship, one of the biggest things is when we're talking about stretching, for a long time I didn't read. I like reading wasn't my thing. And she would always tell me every single day, you have to read more. You have to read more. You don't know enough. You don't know enough. So she's pushing me and just investing in me. When I first quit that janitor job, she, I was depressed. I was depressed for about a year because I, to me, I had, I graduated top 10% of my business class, top 10% of my fashion class. And I, and I wanted to make, you know, be this big deal. But at the same time, I didn't really have a plan. So, you know, naturally some things would fall in place. Plus, I just moved to New York on a whim and just knew that everything was going to work out, and it hadn't. And I've been homeless for a while and sleeping on a train, all of these other different things. And so she encouraged me through this time of being depressed. On Every single day, she would come down. She would knock on my apartment door and say, hey, Kevin, how are you doing? You doing all right today? Sometimes she would knock, and, you know, I would unlock the door and then, she would come and, and, you know, she would sit and talk to me for hours. And she would, one of the biggest things that she would say to me is that life is not a race, it's a marathon. And that you have to run this race and be yourself. Everybody's going to have their own story and their own journey. And when we talked about different things like, you know, vision boarding and stuff like that, she says, you got to pay attention to the work that that people don't look at. Nobody's looking at the time that people are, you know, stowed away in the basement or that that, you know, they're they're before they become successful that 10 years, that 15 years. She's telling me these things and investing and investing in me and we multiple days, multiple nights, we, we had, you know, dinner together, lunch together, just talking and me understanding a perspective, her perspective on the world and getting the, the wisdom and the knowledge of her narrative throughout her life, all the people that she's mentored, all the people that she's impacted. So I'm understanding a completely different way of life, a completely different way of eating. 
before I moved there, I used to eat, I didn't eat pork, but I would eat everything else and not enough greens and things like that. And she would say, look, you have to eat healthy. You have to exercise. I like to call her a young lady, but she's an elder. But every single morning, she's up at about 6 a.m. working out. I see her, wor- her see her work sometimes until she falls asleep because she believes in her purpose, in her cause, in her investment in other people. And that is behavior that you want to be able to model. That's why mentorship is so important. That's, that's what I'm literally witnessing every single day is the greatness of this one person. And I'm saying, you know what? If you're up at six, if you, I got to be up at six. Now I'm modeling her. If you're eating healthy, then I have to eat healthy. I'm like 99% vegetarian. I barely even eat meat now. My diet, I, I have a green smoothie almost every single morning. And I drink tons of water. I primarily drink water. I don't really even drink anything else. But this is all learned behavior from being underneath this beautiful person and having this mentorship. Now, I'll be honest, you know, it's some would say it's luck. I would say it's fate. But I would also say that it's important for me to share this exposure and this context with you so that you can understand what the benefit of having a mentor is. Now, I'm not telling you to go and try to find somebody who you could rent an apartment from them and things like that. But I'm telling you that if you want to be successful, then you're going to have to stretch and you're going to have to be around those people who are really working and who are really walking the walk and, and, you know, not just talking it. And that's the reason why I do that catch up. So you can understand and know what's going on with me. Because I'm, I'm filling out fellowship applications. I don't have to. Some people might say that I'm successful. To me, not enough. If I'm sitting there every single day waking up to that reality, then I got a whole, whole, I got a marathon to run. And I'm far, far, far from being, you know, close to finish. And I want you all, Create Your Life Series family, to keep pushing yourself and allow me to push you as well. Call into the radio show. Leave a Facebook comment. Let me know what's going on. Holla at us on Instagram, at CYL Series. Send me a DM what you want us to talk about. But it's the power of the narrative in this mentorship that makes it different than, you know, just going and Googling 10 ways to find a mentor. I can't stress to you enough. Another mentor, um, Evelyn Polk, the heart lady. When I wanted to come to New York, she believed in me so much. She literally paid my rent for two months and told me to come out here, find a job and make it happen. I know you can do it. These are people invested in me because they've seen my work ethic up front. They know what it is that I stand for and know that I'm passionate about it. So a big part of that mentorship relationship is doing the work, making it happen. That's huge. Another mentor, my boss, he was here with his two sons, uh, Sam Goldman and Septubia Edwards, the guys who won the Star Wars uh, fan film festival. He was my mentor when I worked under him, and he told me that I couldn't be a janitor, that he was going to fire me because I had more to offer to the world. This is people investing. This is mentorship. So day in and day out, I'm seeing him. So I want you to know, Create Your Life Series family, that mentorship, it's like being a basketball player. Kobe Bryant, my favorite of all time. Kobe Bryant literally calls people and 
asked him, why are you great? He calls the, the founder, I mean, the, the CEO of Apple. He calls Ariana Huffington. He calls all these people and tries to find out why it is that they're great. Why, how, is, how do they tick? What makes them tick? And then he has these conversations back and forth with them. They ask him how it is that he has such a killer instinct and things like that. But he's got a, he's got a, a, a shooting coach. He's got a regular coach. He's got a defensive coach. He's got a personal trainer. He's got all of these other people putting in and investing his time in him. Those people are become mentors because they know more about their particular subject area than he does. So he's sharpening continuously. And you have to take that. You have to ask yourself, if you're not sharpening, if you're not, if you're not being mentored and somebody else isn't teaching you and pouring into you and you're not doing the same as somebody else, are you really maximizing your potential and results? You can't be. And what is the point of living if you're not? If you're not going to maximize your potential and results? What is the point of listening to this? Because I'm about creating your best life and being able to live on your own rules, doing whatever it is that you want to do. That's what this is about. Create your life. I said it when I was 17 years old. I want to move far, far away from here and create my life and do what it is that I want to do. And now that I've done that and I've had these amazing mentors, I want you to know that you can do it too. And I want to see you do it. I want to hear about you doing it. So leave a comment. Let me know what's going on. And of course, as my boy Eric Fondren says, iron sharpens iron. And if you're not sharpening, you're rusting. So you got to keep getting sharper and sharper. And I like to call it higher level conversations. And that comes to peer group also. If you, if you want somebody to mentor you and things like that, have, sit down and have that real conversation with them and see what their capacity is to teach you. Find out what your capacity is to serve them. But also, this episode is dedicated to those who have mentored me. Create Your Life Series family. Tune in with us every single Sunday uh, from 530 to 630 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WACR.org or on 90.3 FM if you're in New York City. Holla at us on Instagram at CYL Series or chat with us on Facebook Live. Love to respond. See your questions. See your comments. And beautiful people, it has been one of those great days. Happy Sunday. This episode of the Create Your Life Series is brought to you by Manus Soul Food and Salad Bar Restaurant in Harlem, New York. Manners is open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Manners has been serving soul food in Harlem for 31 years. They have now added healthier options to their 8th Avenue locations menu, such as steamed dumplings, a fresh salad bar, and all of their food is cooked with fresh herbs like garlic, rosemary, thyme, basil, and ginger. You can find out which location is close to you by visiting their website, soulfood.com.